0: Are you ready for the end of the world?
1: No, not again. You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Do I wake up now? <laughs> wake up! To the peace and joy Mother Earth, you are listening. Man, you think after so many years... I think I've managed to say our promo, like, well, like, maybe twice in 17 years. We might need to change our promo, because like, you know...
0: Yeah, maybe we can change it, and you'll have another one to, <laughs> to not remember.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. That promo, we've been doing since 1999. Yeah. And so, um, I think our first article here is interesting, because last week... We talked about how great it was. Yeah, and last week this week did we talk about how they've been beaten down?
0: Yeah, or? it's a it's a letdown. It's it's still not clear why, but uh, yeah, this is the opposite of what we read last week.
1: The US Virgin Islands to withdraw subpoena in climate probe into Exxon. The US Virgin Islands Attorney General on Wednesday agreed to withdraw a sweeping subpoena issued against Exxon Mobil Corp as part of a push by a coalition of state prosecutors to try to investigate whether the world's largest publicly traded oil company misled the public about climate change risks. I think that paragraph was written by a lawyer. It was very specific. He mm-hmm. yeah. said, to try to investigate yeah. whether the world's largest you know,
0: They have had to consult their lawyers for that one.
1: <laughs> Quote, after conferring on the matter... The parties mutually agreed that Attorney General Walker... His name's Walker.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Walker, Texas Ranger. No,
1: no, this is (laughs) Attorney General Walker. ...would withdraw the subpoena and ExxonMobil would stipulate to the dismissal without prejudice of this action. End quote. Read a filing in U.S. District Court signed by lawyers from both sides. Now, the U.S. Virgin... Island's Attorney General Claude Walker filed a subpoena in March seeking decades of documents related to Exxon's climate science and commentary. Exxon, which has said that it has acknowledged the reality of climate change for years, called the subpoena unreasonably burdensome and obtrusive. It also raised question It also raised questions about jurisdiction. So Unreasonably burdensome and intrusive. (laughs) Just like... Yeah, I'm not going to (laughs) say. Just like the... Yeah, I should say. Shouldn't I? (laughs) The oil company has been locked in tangles with opponents of fossil fuels for months in fights that have spilled over into U.S. Congress and shareholder meetings. In a bid to try to force action on climate change, about 17 state attorney generals said in March they would jointly investigate whether Exxon executives misled the public by contradicting research from company scientists that spelled out the threats of global warming. But so far, only a few of them have filed subpoenas. The one from the U.S. Virgin Islands was notably bold because it tried to invoke the territory's anti-racketeering laws. Since as far back as 2012, some environmental groups have talked about whether the, the U.S. Racketeering Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act could be used against the fossil fuel industry in the way that they were successfully applied against big tobacco. On March 22nd, Walker filed a subpoena and Exxon started filing a series of motions to have it thrown out then both sides enter talks, and the U.S. Virgin Islands caved.
0: Yeah, so I really it doesn't say that in there. But. Yeah, it doesn't say, and it it doesn't really say why. I'm I'm going to keep an eye out for more news on this story because, basically, you know, the Virgin Islands Attorney General won a preliminary uh, case, and then. After that, they went in private meetings with Exxon and decided, oh, we're not going to subpoena you after all. <laughs> I, I wonder what could be the reasoning for that. It's like,
1: well, it's really easy. ExxonMobil cut off the oil to Virgin Islands, which powers their power plants. <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
0: I'm just making things <laughs> up. Yeah. I, I do imagine some sort of threat scenario. It could have been some sort of very strategic thing like, well, we will... If you withdraw this subpoena, we will give info to another attorney general or something along those lines. Or
1: give it to you. I mean, yeah, give it to you. If you. don't, you know, hash it out in public, we'll just give it to you in private.
0: Yeah, we'd rather give you the select documents that support our case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. so let's see, what other news do we have? This is a cheery one for a Friday afternoon. Uh, scientists say that... Window for avoiding 1.5 degrees Celsius of global warming is closed. Quote <laughs> Scientists have bad news for the people on the front lines of climate change impacts. The 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming limit vulnerable countries fought hard to include in the Paris Agreement may already be out of reach. There is slim chance of stabilizing temperature rise at that level without controversial negative emissions technology according to a study published in Nature.
1: What's a negative emissions technology?
0: Well, that's basically like carbon sequestration, trying to take carbon out of the atmosphere, like carbon that's already in the atmosphere trying to suck it out.
1: And why is that controversial?
0: <laughs> well, it, it depends on which technologies. A tree, planting a tree, that's not a controversial way to do it. <laughs> Coming up with some... Uh, one of the controversial ways is to try to try to grow f- food for biofuels and then, you know... the it sequesters it temporarily, but then you burn it again. So, you know, that's not really... That
1: doesn't seem uh, to do
0: anything. Not really. I don't, I don't think it does, but some people are advocating it. So, here's a quote from their report. Uh, the window for limiting warming to below 1.5 degrees Celsius with high probability, and without temporarily exceeding that level, already seems to have closed. So, in other words, there are possibly still some ways, but they're not very likely, and it's also possible that we'll get to 1.5 and then plant a bunch of trees and then get back below it. But oh, you'd
1: have to plant a lot of trees. Yeah,
0: vast, like you would have to reforest the entire uh, world.
1: Let's get to it. Yeah, it's just like- Yeah,
0: that, that that wasn't something I was advocating against, you know. If we want to reforest the world, let's go for it.
1: So basically every time, every day we drive, we have to plant a tree, Yeah. right?
0: As you're driving, you just toss out the window like the plop, plop, plop. They
1: call them seed bombs, right? Yeah. So just you have to have your car spit out seed bombs.
0: Yeah. So this news is a blow for those living near the coasts of Bangladesh or low-lying islands like Kiribati, which is preparing for an exodus as rising seas swallow homes. Coral reefs dying, tropical heat waves. We've talked about what a lot of these effects are. They will be affecting millions of people worldwide.
1: And already are. Yeah. In the most up-to-date analysis available, researchers found national climate pledges were consistent with temperature rises of 2.6 to 3.1 Celsius above pre industrial levels. Some poorer nations said they could cut greenhouse gases further with financial support. These conditional targets would cool the planet a further 0.2 degrees Celsius. This still leaves a lot of work to bend the curve to well below 2 degrees Celsius, the main Paris goal.
0: Yeah. And that's, I'm, um- glad they're doing analysis like this because that was part of what was so frustrating to me about the Paris Climate Agreement, is they say these nice words about, let's keep it below 2 degrees Celsius, let's try it for 1.5 but then you look at the actual proposals and it just doesn't add up it just doesn't add up to staying below those thresholds but you know me saying it isn't enough, they have to do a report in nature and then people believe it hopefully
1: I feel really guilty of driving my car here
0: yeah, I I feel bad. I drove my car here, too, and the plan was to run a bunch of errands while I was out, but then I left my errands at home, so... You left <laughs> your errands. Well, you know, I left my... The things for the errands. Yeah, my recycling, my deposit, all that. Yeah,
1: so... Yeah, I just have to leave directly from here out of town, so... Yeah. But, in general, I walk here or ride my bike, so... Um, just to feel a little less guilty when I talk about climate
0: change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's if
1: you... It's like once. Once a week, I try not
0: to. Yeah, well, especially living in an area like Southern Illinois that is kind of spread out and doesn't always have public transit, it makes sense to drive a vehicle sometimes. But then you can try to fit in as many things as you can. You can carpool with people. You can do a lot of errands in one trip rather than just going back and forth you a lot. Can think about doing a lot. Of things. <laughs> think about <it>. yeah. <laughs> I've been good the past few weeks. So,
1: uh, Climate change's growing impact on people experiencing homelessness. The seeming end ending and sometimes fatal heat waves gripping large portions of the United States this month can be bad for those who are able to find shelter indoors. It's really bad for your pocketbook trying to get, keep that air conditioning working well. Yeah. It's even worse for those experiencing homelessness. The impacts of climate change are already being felt by people across the planet, most of whom seek shelter and use their resources to try to cope with heat waves. Extreme downpours, stronger storms, more intense flooding, worse drought, and air pollution. Those who seek shelter and even basic resources or support networks are already among the most vulnerable people on the planet, and when those stressors are made worse or more unpredictable by human-caused climate change, organizations struggle to keep up. Eric Klingberg, a New York University sociologist who examined how cities can Quote, climate proof, end quote, their residents told Think Process the first priority is, quote, protecting homelessness, protecting homeless people during heat waves, or even in what now counts as an ordinary summer weather in places like Phoenix, end quote. He noted how people experiencing homelessness face acute risks from extreme heat, even perhaps more than we currently realize due to under reporting. Well, I mean, we don't report it because they conk off.
0: Yeah. And then that's, I have heard about this before that it's often underreported heat uh, exhaustion in general because someone will go in the hospital and they'll say they had a heart attack. You know, well, yeah, they had a heart attack. They were out in the 100 degree heat and that's contributed to their heart attack. So it's often a hard thing to uh, report properly, especially among the homeless where. If, if it's someone who is in a stable life position, you may be able to ask their co-workers, ask their family what happened. But if you just find a homeless person who's passed away from the heat, you may not know why they passed away.
1: Quote, for decades, governments failed to recognize the high toll that heat takes on poor and homeless people, particularly in the Southwest. People would die of exposure, but their deaths would never get classified as heat deaths. It took epidemiologists to point out that there's nothing natural about a spike in mortality during hot weather events. It reflects a failure to understand and support vulnerable people, unquote.
0: Yeah. And that's another important aspect of it, too, is that part of, it, part of the cause of these deaths is the climate. But another pa- cause is uh, lack of social services. You know, if there were support for these homeless individuals, then they wouldn't be out in the heat getting heat exhaustion. All right, so in other news, uh, it's really hard to deal with climate change. A new podcast talks it out.
1: Hey, wait a second. (laughs) We've been talking it out for a while.
0: Yeah, we've been talking it out for over a decade now. uh, But this is a new podcast that is going to do it in a new way, apparently. Um, A podcast about our warming planet from some of the nation's best-known climate commentators. To quote the god of mischief, quote, Well, I guess that's worth a look. (laughs) Or in this case, a listen. They just wanted to insert a Loki quote in there, right? apparently. So in the first episode of Warm Regards, that's the name of the podcast, meteorologist and slate writer Eric Hol- Holthaus, paleoecologist Jacqueline Gill, and New York Times columnist Andy Refkin talk about one of our favorite subjects, how to talk about climate change.
1: <laughs> just like, <laughs> I don't know if you know our our... Slogan here at Your Community Spirit is Doom and Gloom with an us sense of humor to slather your brain. Yeah. Did you remember that?
0: Yeah, I did. Set
1: up years ago. We haven't talked about it much. (laughs) We just try to doom and gloom it with a little sense of humor.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like it sounds like an. I didn't listen to it last night. It was late at night when I put the show together, so I haven't gotten to it yet. But they, the one commentator, the meteorologist, says that. Uh, he's terrified by global warming. He admits to it in the podcast. And his co host chime in. Well, I
1: mean, he's a meteorologist. He gets the, you know, the weather and he studies it regularly. And if you can't predict the weather anymore, that would scare you if that's your job. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, that's what's happening is, I mean, weather people are frequently incorrect about weather because weather is becoming so unpredictable.
0: Yeah, well, meteorologists and climatologists, anyone who's studying the science knows that it is it is a terrifying situation when the entire climate is being destabilized. And th- but they, what they talk about in the podcast, though, is how do you discuss the problem in a way that inspires action instead of terror?
1: We quit talking about the carbon apocalypse. <laughs> apocalypse. Yeah,
0: carbon po- carbon apocalypse. Car- maybe carb apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> That's if you eat too much pasta. That's the carb apocalypse.
1: <laughs> Um, if you would like to listen to the podcast and hear them discuss the problem in a way that inspires action
0: instead of terror, <laughs> yeah,
1: um, send us an email and I will send you the link. Our email is info at yourcommunityspirit.org and also let me know if you want me to add you to our newsletter list because sometimes I try to remember to forward this to people. Um Otherwise, um, sometimes Treesong remembers to put it on our website as a podcast.
0: Yes, we're caught up to June now with the podcast. <laughs>
1: so um,
0: so we have our own podcast too.
1: Yeah, so if you go to yourcommunityspirit.org, you can listen to us. Yeah, that's not really good. Listen to us again? <laughs> People have to put up with us once. Isn't that enough?
0: Yeah, well, if you miss it one week, you can catch it on yourcommunityspirit.org. There you go. And I will start listening to this Warm Regards podcast. I don't really listen to the podcast much, but this is one right up my alley, because I also want to try to find Do ways... You have an alley? <laughs> yeah, I have an alley. It's, it's a climate alley. <laughs> <laughs>
1: climate alley. Climate apocalypse alley. Yeah.
0: But I like this, the way they word it, of inspiring action instead of terror because it's important to convey the threat but it's also important to do it in a way that inspires people to take action
1: otherwise people just shut down i mean you're yeah. listening if you hear something that every time you hear it creates terror and trepidation and all the good scary words that are out there
0: yeah Like they, I will often, when I first hear about a bad climate story, my first response will be a a terror-depression response. But then I just think to myself, what things can I do? What things can we do? And I I also think of the Mr. Rogers quote about look for the helpers. You know, look at all the people out there who are helping with the climate crisis.
1: Well, I'm helping to pollute a little bit today. (laughs)
0: Yeah, me too. Um, But we we each do our part to pollute, and so we can each do our part to ameliorate the situation.
1: How can we... Alleviate our pollution. Here comes the sun. U.S. solar power market hits all-time high. Solar energy in the U.S. has had a rocky existence. Well, I mean, it started by a bunch of hippies in the woods. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Ever since Ronald Reagan symbolically removed, symbolically he he actually
0: removed. Yeah.
1: Jimmy Carter solar panels from the White House in 1986. Federal policy has been unpredictable such that manufacturers and consumers could never depend on reliable incentives to produce and install solar energy. And a little editorial, I mean, we started the solar energy industry in the United States, but I recently read a statistic that worldwide we're not even in double digits as far as solar being installed. Yeah. I mean, China and India are ahead of us as far as how much solar is being installed in the world market.
0: Yeah, we may have to catch up.
1: Remarkably, the U.S. solar industry is now entering what may be its most prosperous decade ever, thanks to a new wave of federal and state policies and positive economics in the industry, both at home and abroad. Quote, I think it will actually be bigger than people are projecting said president and co-founder of Generate Capital, a clean energy investment firm based in San Francisco. The solar energy industry is booming right now, quote. The U.S. solar industry expects to install 14.5 gigawatts of solar power in 2016, which is a 94% increase over the record 7.5 gigawatts (laughs) last year according to a new market report by GTM Research and the Solar Energy Industries Association. Revenues from solar installations also increased 21% from 2014 to more than $22 billion in 2015. For the first time, more solar systems come, came online than natural gas power plants, the top source of electricity in the United States, in 2015, as measured in megawatts, said Justin Baca, Vice President of Markets and Research at the Solar Energy Industries Association. This year, new solar is expected to suppress installations of all other sources, said the U.S. Energy Information Administration. If you want to read some really boring reports, (laughs) the U.S. Energy Information Administration, I read them pretty frequently, and it talks about all the different energy and... Um, every once in a while they'll throw in a graph and <laughs> yeah. try to explain it. If you're they'll really lucky. It's just as confusing as the report. <laughs> so I love when people like pull out information like this one paragraph.
0: <laughs> yeah, someone did the reading for us and now we get to just report it. And that's great. You know, it's record-breaking last year and then they're planning on way surpassing the record-breaking uh, this year. Oh, yeah, the solar project here. That's, you know, uh, WDBX is going to be a part of that whole uh revolutionary increase in solar energy we're, we've got the power the tower program going on right now if you go to wdbx solar or wdbx.org solar <laughs> like should say the whole address there yeah. then you'll get more information and you can help power the tower you're hearing us right now there's some fossil fuel energy bringing this your way but
1: yeah this w- what we're talking right now you know cost money
0: yeah, it costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of electricity. So. Yeah, but we can turn that into solar electricity with your help. WDBX.org slash solar.
1: And um, I will actually be installing the system on this station here as part of a solar class through Johnny Logan. And so if you go to Johnny Logan Continuing Education, you can register for the July 16th and the July 23rd class. Yeah. July 16th is... Here's what we're going to do, and you must come to that class because it covers all the safety part. You will not be allowed on the job site on July 23rd unless you take the July 2016 <laughs> class.
0: Yeah. And then that's an exciting way to learn about solar by installing it on WDBX.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure. I, I, I've talked to Dave, and there, there'll be a celebration sol,
0: celebration as
1: we do the solar raising on the 23rd so yeah you can come to the celebration and just watch outside the job site yeah more like that'd be you know not in the fenced in awesome garden area next to the station
0: <laughs> yeah I bet there'll be some photos of that All right, so some of the holidays coming up T- uh, Today is creative ice cream Flavors day. No, that's quite a day. I'll have to seek out a creative ice cream flavor. And International Joke Day. Oh, Saturday is World UFO Day. It's also I Forgot Day. Maybe the aliens make you forget that you saw a UFO.
1: Or the ice cream weird flavor. What what would be a creative flavor of that?
0: I'm trying to think. I've heard of maybe pickle ice cream. I've heard of some really weird ones, but they're not coming to mind. Yeah. Sunday is Build-A-Scarecrow Day. And compliment your mirror day. <laughs> like, does I mean? It's also
1: disobedience day, so I refuse to compliment. My mirror.
0: <laughs> yeah, but does I mean compliment the mirror itself, or compliment yourself in the mirror? Yeah,
1: it's like mirror, you're looking really good, reflecting me back at me.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Sunday is stay out of the Sunday, and then Monday is National Country Music Day, Sidewalk Egg Frying Day. Oh yeah, and also that day, Independence Day.
0: Yeah, that all thing. In the U.S. In the U.S., yeah. Because
1: we talked about Independence Day in other countries sometimes.
0: Well, the U.S. has an Independence Day, too. Tuesday is Workaholics Day. You have a, a big Fourth of July celebration, and then you go back to work.
1: Wednesday is International Kissing Day and National Fried Chicken Day, which does not mean you should kiss a fried
0: chicken. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: or maybe it does.
0: And Thursday, these go together well. Uh, it's Chocolate Day on Thursday and National Strawberry Sunday Day.
1: We are now in July.
0: July.
1: July is National Blueberry Month, National Anti-Boredom Month, Unlucky Month for Weddings Month, (laughs) um, National Hot Dog Month, and of course, National Ice Cream Month. And the second week of July, be prepared, is Nude Recreation Week.
0: Yes, so if you see naked people running around, they're celebrating Nude Recreation Week. And National Blueberry Month is great. I've actually gone and picked blueberries locally, and that's a really fun time, and you get a bunch of tasty blueberries. So keep an eye out for places to do that. Happenings, we have the Labyrinth Walk. It is coming up on Sunday at 7.30 a.m. at the Labyrinth Peace Park. That's located just north of Guy House at 913 South Illinois Avenue in Carbondale.
1: Next Tuesday, July 5th. It's
0: July! July!
1: Transpoetic Playground at 8 p.m. Since September 2009, the freshest spoken word open mic in So Ill has turned Carbondale into the city of poets. Poetry, dramatic spoken word, and a very open creative environment. Apparently, age rage, or sexual orientation, culture, credentials, appearance, or even experience don't matter in this playground present a piece or just listen that is tuesdays the first and third tuesday at guy house on the corner of 51 and grand and yes you too are invited
0: yes eight o'clock on tuesdays also coming up next week is the downtown community farmers market it's happening on wednesday from 3 to 6 p.m in downtown carbondale on the 200 block of washington street That's right outside of the radio station here. They uh, have a block party with a bunch of food and music and good times. It's quite a way to celebrate the farmer's market.
1: Saturday, July 9th, Peace Mural Dedication and Vigil. The Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois, the Labyrinth Peace Park, and Guy House Interface Center invite you to... invite you... To the Peace Mural Dedication Ceremony to be held on Saturday, July 9th at noon at the Labyrinth Peace Park, just north of Guy House at 913 South Illinois Avenue in Carbondale. The dedication and the temporary relocated monthly Peace and Justice Vigil will include an unveiling and dedication ceremony for the Peace Mural, recently completed by local artist Beth Martell with guest speakers, live music, and refreshments.
0: That sounds like a good time, and and she's got, if you want all the details, you can show up, or we can email you the full description. She's got an artist statement, and it's, I saw the mural materialize over the course of a few weeks, and it was fun each week to come and see something new there, and now it's going to be great to go and hear her explanation of the art, and have a celebration of peace and justice, and... Uh, it's, it's also, it incorporates references to the solar eclipse that's coming up too. So there are a lot of things in the mural. It's a beautiful addition to that little spot of Carbondale. So also coming up, we have the Caravan to Cuba. It's coming up on Tuesday, July 12th at 5 p.m. at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. The 27th IFCO Pastors for Peace Friendshipment Caravan to Cuba. We'll visit Carbondale on Tuesday the 12th. The public is invited to help welcome the Caravanistas at five PM at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship at one hundred five North Parish Lane. The theme of the caravan this year is Now is the Time and the Blockade of Cuba. The event is being co-sponsored by the Peace Coalition and the Social Action Committee of the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. So they're starting with the Latin band Hot Sauce and then a Cuban inspired dinner at six o'clock. And then an update on the Cuba on Cuba by Manolo de los Santos. Who works in the Pastures for Peace program? So it's always a great time out there at the Caravan to Cuba, and it's for a good cause. For more information, you can call 618 521 4239.
1: And I mean, while relationships with Cuba are changing, Congress still has not lifted the ban and the economic embargo. You know, people are traveling, but they're. Actually, still is an economic bar embargo and a travel ban in place.
0: Yeah. So as you know,
1: so it's a f- legally and officially, you can't travel there. But, you know, because the president's office ha- is looking the other way, everybody is looking the other way. Yeah. But that could change really quickly.
0: Yeah. So. And so they're going to keep that caravan to Cuba going until that reality changes. And, and we have peace with our neighbors in Cuba.
1: All right, um, mark your calendar. These are in the future. Introduction to Permaculture, Thursday, July 14th. And this is a presentation by uh, the Shiny Group of the Sierra Club. Alternatives to Lawns, Saturday, July 30th. And that's put on by Keep Carbondale Beautiful. How to get the most out of your lawn.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about that one. I'd like to see all of the lawns turned into... Edible greens or other landscaping that is not just something you mow and mow and mow.
1: <laughs> well, the introduction to permaculture is actually being put on by Wayne Wiseman, who just recently got... Uh, uh,
0: yeah, he got the he the yellow sign notice. The yellow about... sign that
1: you need to mow your lawn because you have a bunch of weeds there. And yeah. he has a complete permaculture garden in his front yard.
0: Yeah, he's got and this so... beautiful setup. You know, we could learn so much from what he's got there and instead... They put the sign telling him to mow it all down. <laughs> yeah,
1: just like. So these two workshops are critical for people to know about permaculture, Thursday, July 14th. And alternatives to lawn, how to get the most out of your lawn on July 30th. So mark your calendars for those. In the meantime, you have been listening to Your Community Spirit. You can listen to us again at yourcommunityspirit.org or send us an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org And don't forget to power the tower, solar.